As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welcome to Brian and Colonial, an Alabama podcast for Alabama people, uh, part of the Armchair Media Network. I'm your host, Kevin Paul, and uh, my next guest is someone I'm really excited we got on the show. Uh, this man is the the Admiral of Innisfree. He's the, <laughs> he's the mayor of South Beach. Uh, he's probably tweeting Auburn slander right now. Uh, welcome to the show, JC Siku. How you doing, man? Doing good, doing good. The captain of South Beach is uh is doing great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I, I you know when I started this podcast, I was like, look, I know I got to get this man on the show at some point. I don't know how or when, but he has to get on before the Iron Bowl, at least. So glad we can have you on, man. Thank you for having me. For it's sure. Fun. Exactly. So, you know, the first question that I ask to all my first-time guests is, um, your what's your Bama fan story? You know, some people are born into it. Some people kind of picked it up along the way. But how did you first become a Bama fan? So it's crazy. A lot of people don't know that I was actually supposed to be born in Auburn. Uh mm. Yeah, my dad, he was, uh, I guess he's trying to get his doctorate or master's, whatever degree in Auburn. But uh, luckily, the Lord stepped in and uh, I was born in Birmingham. <laughs> that kind of started it off. And then I remember my dad always trying to put me in like Auburn stuff. So I remember like Auburn shorts like around the house. Like my dad just trying his hardest. But for I think it was in school, like in daycare. One of my daycare teachers was like, become a Bama fan, we'll take you to Division Land. You know, place of Larry Langford. <laughs> uh, the goat, the goat, the goat, R.I.P. The goat, man. But uh, it was it was a wrap since then. I've been a Bama fan since I was probably like in kindergarten. Since then, man, that's yeah, it's a long time. But uh, that's good, man. That that's very scary. But uh, almost born in Auburn, I cannot imagine. You know how different your life will be at that point. I I think about it every now and then, especially around this time. And I think every, especially now that I've been to Auburn, like I thank God that like I was not <laughs> born in Auburn. Oh uh, my gosh. I I know like you know this isn't just me slandering because it's Iron Bowl week. No, it is not a nice campus, man. It, it really not. just <laughs> objectively it sucks over there. I could go on and on and on. I mean, it smells terrible over there. Like, there's nothing really in Auburn. Like, it's it's just a terrible place to be. Like, it's just, I get sad being there, you know? Like, Bro, I remember the first time I went to Auburn, and, you know, you hear all the jokes. Like, it's a cow college. You know, it's a before and blah. You hear all the jokes, and you're just like, all right, whatever. People are exaggerating. Bro, I kid you not, the first place we stopped, it was a literal cow pasture, just right there in the middle of campus. Just imagine cows on the quad. That's what this was. That's crazy. I remember just driving up because I didn't know what to really expect when we were driving mm-hmm. up to Auburn for the first time. I see like fisheries. I see like a horse school. I see cows just running around. I'm like, y'all make fun of Alabama for being this when in fact is Auburn. Like, come on now. <laughs> uh, uh, bro, I, I cannot stand that campus. The city sucks. You know, there, there's one bar there. Um, and it, Sky Bar, so I'll say right, Sky Bar is terrible. terrible. <laughs> 
I've Sky- had a good time there at all. Sky Bar is awful. Like it's not like mm-hmm. Tuscaloosa. You don't have your variety. You don't no. have the great bar in its free. Word to the Irish gold wings. Like man, oh, I miss miss them so much. So you know we're get, we're gonna get more and more into you know football talk and uh, Iron Bowl talk, especially. But I, I wanted to talk to you about this. I assume you were on Instagram last Thursday night. Uh, and you yes, saw and you saw the verses between Gucci and Jeezy. Yes, I did. I, I need your honest opinion. You know who won the night? Who who won the verses and who won the night? Because those may be two different answers. So we're talking about just I guess music head to head. I mean, Jeezy did play a lot of his like bigger bigger hits. I I wanted Gucci to play like his big like freaky girl like yeah house three I wanted him to play all that but you know I feel like Gucci just came in just wanting violence and he achieved <laughs> that so like the Birmingham of me is like very proud of Gucci I'm always gonna say Gucci won the ver- like the overall night but we're yeah. talking musically I'll give music to Jeezy the overall versus the night like everything about it that's all that's all Gucci. I, you know, I had it on and, you know, kind of the background, I was just sort of away from my computer. Um, so I just pulled it up, pulled up Instagram live on my laptop. You know, I was listening along, you know, and then, you know, I heard the beat to the truth drop. And I, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Because, you know, before then they were just vibing, you know, little snipes back and forth, but nothing serious. But it could play the truth. And then after he told him the. <laughs> told I'm screaming him, in my, I'm screaming right here like, oh, he's playing the truth. And then he says the line, I'm looking at Jeezy's just chilling his chair. Like, I guess he saw that one coming. But when he started, like, talking afterwards, I was just like, oh, they're going to actually, it's going to actually happen now. Like, it's going to come out. Like, it's going to be a fight. Like, Gucci told that man, send some more and I'll send him back the same way. That's- <laughs> oh, that was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> that man woke up just wanting violence. That He didn't care about the music that was played. That moment was just important to him. That was some. That was like 2007, 2008 Gucci energy, and I, I appreciated that. You know, the, I you know, applaud him for turning his life around. You know, got the girl. You know, mm-hmm. making making some big hits. You know, collab with Drake a few times. But bro, this it was nice just to see him revert back to that, just for a couple songs. You know, exactly. It was good to because the big joke, of course, is that that's his clone. So like, I was mm-hmm. like. You're gonna play like which he did put the Bruno Mars stuff, and I was kind of mad. Yeah, I don't really got into. You could tell when he transformed into Birmingham Gucci. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. we we here like exactly you, no more. Man, the Bruno Mars song it kind of pissed me off because nobody that's watching the verses is there for that song. You know, exactly. I, I know why he made the song. You know, get your money, Gucci, and all that. You know, that's huge. But you know, we're not here for that, man. We're not. <laughs> Like, wow, like, we're playing your best track. And I got it. Like, he's, mm-hmm. I still make hits now. Like, you made hits forever ago. Like, I understand it. But I, mm-hmm. nah, we're all here to hear, like, Trap House 3, like, Fat Gucci. Like, yes, the the lame belly. Exactly. <laughs> lame belly Gucci, which it did give us a lot of it. But when it came to that Bruno Mars song, I was like, come on, bro. Like, what are we doing? Uh- I actually, you know, music-wise, I actually had it pretty even up to then. And then, you know, that's kind of when Gucci started, when uh, Jeezy, excuse me, started pulling away a little bit. But mm-hmm. like you said, uh, Gucci chose violence. And there was, and once he made that decision, there's nothing Jeezy could have done about it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, JC, I, you know, I know you went to high school at Clay Chalkville, correct? Go Cougars, yes, sir. So you 
so obviously just playing in that region and you know in that the uh, you know, in that level, probably played with and against a lot of great players. Who was the best player you went up against in high school and the best player you played with? Ah, oh, man. So, ah, uh, what was his name? There was a dude, Ernest. A dude, Ernest. Yeah, Ernest, Ernest Robinson, I think was his name. He played at Pinson. So it's a couple. Mm-hmm. Ernest, like, the way he did in, he did us in in our, uh, our spring game, I will never forget. <laughs> like, the way he mossed, I still see it, like, he mossed on somebody at the end of the end zone. Like, it was just, like, one-hand catch, like, beautiful. <laughs> I, so he's one of the best. We all, mm-hmm. I always have a joke about uh, Jalen Denson, who played at Hoover. And mm-hmm. he was supposed to go to uh, – he went to Auburn, but he didn't get a lot of playing time. But I remember when we played Jalen Denson my sophomore year, I made a joke that, like, he, like, played, like, his heart out and, like, absolutely went off against us. And afterwards, didn't break his sweat. He's still smelling like some like polo cologne. I'm like, oh, <laughs> otherworldly. And then the other uh, other one, of course, Quan Alexander. And then the other one, the liner we played against him in a spring game. Oh, anything was they lined him up at kicker, and I was on kickoff return. I was one of the first line blockers. I was really big back then, so like I, he would always kick it to my side, and he'd run straight to me. And I'm like, God, please. Like, <laughs> not be live. Like, six one two fifty Bama commit running straight towards me. Like, Lord, like, please stop on this. The, the stories I heard about D Liner in high school. That I mean, that just kind of adds to it, man. That it was a beast. Just, He's a freak of nature. And, and then the last one I'll say is uh, Christian Jones when he played at Minor uh, mm-hmm. my sophomore year. The dude I'll never forget. So, like, uh, first off, you watch a video online. Like that tape is still online of him uh, playing against us. And whenever he gets gets the ball, you hear somebody in the crowd yell, "Well, we're screwed!" Like it was <laughs> like he he got the. I remember he got the ball. Someone pulled his face mask. He runs like ten yards, comes to a complete stop, fixes it, and runs like 20, 30 more yards down the field. Like it was insane. Jeez, Christian, uh, people forget Christian Jones. You know he was a. First of all, he's a high rank recruit. And second of all, he was solid for Bama for a number of years. Mm-hmm. You know, people forget about that. You know, he was, I think he was in that same era. I think Amari Cooper came up right behind him. So just kind mm-hmm. of clips. But man, Christian Jones could ball. You know, he he could ball. And I wish he would have worked out in the NFL because he's just fast. He's an athlete. Like mm-hmm. I wish he would have really worked out. I, you know, maybe I feel like he was born maybe a little too early because his type of the kind of receiver he was, you know, is kind of working out right now. And I don't, people weren't really checking for slot receivers like they are now, at least, uh, back mm-hmm. in 2014, 2015, that time. Exactly. Now, if he was with uh, Tua or, or Mac Jones, like, would have went off. <laughs> okay, so speaking of, I'm, I'm glad you said that because I wanted to talk to you about this. You had a poll on Twitter today uh, about, you know, who was better between Mark Ingram and Najee Harris. And, uh, for, you know, I'm really upset that it was even tweeted, first and foremost. But, <laughs> but I, I didn't say anything because I knew I was talking to you tonight. Um, what, what, what is your problem, bro? What, you know? <laughs> I chose violence. Look, I wanted to do chaos. I wanted to see if I could ruffle feathers with the gumps, like see what they were thinking. Plus, I know like all the new Bama fans, I feel like they would choose Najee because I feel like those old school Bama teams, like when I say old school, of course, like beginning of Saban, like 09 and whatever, like they don't get the the credit that they rightfully deserve. For example, who was it? was Julio a couple of weeks ago when everyone's like, oh, Devontae Smith, which is one of the best receivers in Alabama history, but mm-hmm. they're like, he is the best. I was like, 
Julio didn't exist. And they're like, oh, look at the numbers. I'm looking at everything. I'm like, bro, Julio had Greg McElroy throwing to him in a run-first offense where the offensive coordinator is throwing nothing but bubble screens and goes. Mm-hmm. And he was still going off with, like, a broken foot, a rod yes. in his leg, like a broken hand. like the. So I was telling my boys now, I was like, imagine Julio with Tua or, like, with Mac Jones. Yes. We're breaking NCAA records. At, they're changing rec- They're changing uh, the rule books at that point. Right. Like, that that's man. Julio really was never fully healthy after his freshman year at Bama. It was always something, like you said, mm-hmm. the foot, the knee. There was always some low nagging injury, and he still just filled up the record books, man. Exactly. The dude went off in like a time where like the offense wasn't really set for him. Like today, mm-hmm. the offense is offense is built for receivers and running backs. It's a receivers and quarterbacks. It's a spread. Like that's how the game is now, and he would have thrived in today but just a thrive back then where it's just like a very tough like run first like all that offense that says something to him like Jim McElwain got a head coaching job um uh, (laughs) off of that offense (laughs) you know Jim and you know back then we thought yeah Jim McElwain yeah he's he can call plays he's legit no bro it was Julio it was Mark it was it was Trent. Well, it was those guys. It was not, it was not Jim McElwain, and we see that now. <laughs> exactly. I was like, bro, like in that type of offense, and it was like Doug Nussmeyer after him. Like mm-hmm. those weren't like, especially those guys ain't translated that well to today's game. Whereas like it's all the spread, it's all fast. Where back then it's like slow. You know we're gonna run the ball, but you're not gonna be able to stop it. Like. It's the whole reason why I tweeted the poll, because I just want to see who would really know. Because we used to line Mark Ingram up be like, we're going to run it to the right. We're going to direct snap it to him. You know the run's coming, and you're not going to stop it. That I, you know, I remember watching that South Carolina game when it happened. (laughs) And and the Heisman. Bro, Greg was so I cannot how what whatever the worst you've seen a quarterback play, Greg was worse than that that night. I think he had like, you know, I think he had like 70 yards or something like that. And it, it was a, South Carolina wasn't bad that year. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, bro, at a certain point, you got you got to make the pass on third and seven. That's why Saban was just like, you know what? You know, we're just not going to waste time anymore. We're not even going to try to hide it. Let's just throw him in a quarterback and then let him just run the ball. All right. Bro, Mark, and that, you know, that kind of saved the season, bro, because I swear if we tried to let Greg win that game. It would have been done. Oh no. my god! How different would things been if we would have lost that game? So lost that game. Not going to the next. Dynasty doesn't get started if Nick doesn't put Mark Ingram in at uh, Wildcat. Man, that's. Uh, but again, if if Mark had Mark was running the eight man boxes, you know his whole career. If he had, like you said, if he had two, if he had Mac, could be a difference. I mean, he's got all the he he, he left with all the records, even with Greg McElroy at quarterback. Exactly, which again <laughs> says something about him. But to be that good with Greg as your quarterback says something about you. Yeah, it's just, he's built different. So you know, when was kind of transition into Iron Bowl week now? Did you watch the uh, playoff um, you know ranking show that just came on? I just saw – I didn't see it, but I just saw where – I think we're number one. It's like us, Notre Dame, who else? Clemson. Clemson is up to three, and uh, okay. Ohio State's at four. So Okay. And I see Texas A&M and Florida's fifth and sixth. Yeah. So I do um, – you know, before we go forward, I do want to say congrats to Auburn. You know, they came in at 22. Uh, it's a great accomplishment for that program. Hey, good job, Gus. I hope this gets you another extension. Gus. <laughs> 
man, Gus is going to coach our Auburn forever. Is he's just going to do this? You know, he's going to win once every three years against Bama. You know, Saban gives him that game so he can we can beat up on two years, and then we'll give him a close one where all Auburn fans are like, he's the savior, he's the guy. Give him a big extension with the too big of a buyout where we can't get rid of him. Then they're going to get mad at him next year. Like, so uh, should we take a $100 million loan to get rid of him? And- you know what the buyout is right now, right? Is it still like 30 or $20 million? It's, it's 21 right now. It's 21 which, I mean, look, I don't I, – I want Gus to be at Auburn forever, personally. But- Me too. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep, the application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. At a, at, a, at a certain point, you know, I doubt any Auburn fans are listening to this, but if you are, how are you doing this? You know, every – it's the same story every year. How do you do this shit, man? I, I would believe it have to be like how I do with the Eagles on Sunday. Mm. Just know you're getting ready to watch some pain and then just sit through it and suffer through it until the clock ends. Hey, y'all in the first place, man. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> <laughs> 
what is it now? Three, six, and one or something like that? Some, some ugly record like that. It, it's awful. <laughs> oh, man. So, Auburn, so you know, first of all, congrats to Auburn coming in at number 22. That's, you know, we're really proud of you guys at uh, Brian and Colonial. But uh, I, I do want to know, when was it that you first realized you hated Auburn? Because I know when you were young, you chose Alabama. But, you know, what, mm-hmm. was, the, what was the first moment where you realized it's like, I can't stand those guys? So I want to say I can't remember when in the six the well, yeah the six Pete when it was it had to be like the fourth or fifth game mm-hmm. we were watching it at church and I remember they divided the room like Alabama on this side Auburn's on the other side mm-hmm. and uh, I just remember those guys getting like a little bit too rowdy and, like <laughs> a little bit like oh it's gonna be like five or whatever the finger it was and I was just like. Yeah, I can't stand y'all no more. Like, I wish I don't. I don't. I wish y'all like lose everything. Like, I hope they shut y'all's program down. Like, that is that moment that what really added to it was. I want to say it was. I can't remember the game exactly, but I think we we lost. I think we lost to Auburn. We lost to somebody, and I had so many Auburn fans calling my phone. Oh, I was just like, yeah, no. I I wish y'all no happiness for the rest of y'all life. Like, yeah. See that that's what a lot of the young kids don't understand. Now, when your team lost, there wasn't, you know, they didn't they didn't tweet you, you know, there's no Instagram comments, but your phone got rung <laughs> all wow. night. That's when you're throwing your little flip phone across the room, yes. like you just set, like yeah, exactly. you couldn't you couldn't tweet about it, like you couldn't like get out your emotions. You had to directly like let that person know. Exactly. We <laughs> oh, God. But when you know, I, I used to be a Duke basketball fan growing up. You know, in Baton Rouge, and when LSU beat Duke in the Sweet Sixteen, bro, I swore, bro, I swear, I got at least twenty text messages. You know, fifteen, twenty people called me. It's that's what it was. There, were, you couldn't tweet. Like, you couldn't tweet at them. There's, you know. The worst part is, you don't answer those texts. You have to see them at school on Monday. So mm-hmm. either way, you're going to have to deal with it. And then exactly. sometimes like, the teachers get into it, too. They're like, oh, so your team lost. or like, oh, they're <laughs> kind of bragging about in school. Like, you can't run away from it, no. which sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that was, bro, that was a terrible, terrible time. But, you know, the, you know, earlier on this um, episode, technically, uh, we're recording three separate times, but I had Lacey on first and then I brought on Esther. Both of them said it was sometime they were in elementary or middle school and it was during the streak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when they said they first realized it, mm-hmm. and I just that is life changing. That that six peak because they really like got a like they got like I don't know the big head during then. Like, mm-hmm. They really thought they were the stuff, so it was just like we had to really calm them down, and we really couldn't. Mm-hmm. Like we, Mike Shula wasn't going to do it for us. Like Saban was like the savior to actually do it. Like same. Yeah. I just cannot. I cannot imagine. You know, growing up in that state during that time as an Alabama fan. It, it, it really just, I don't know how people made it through. I really don't. It's dividing. Like, Such is a long time, man. That's a long <laughs> Dividing. Like your friends weren't your friends that week and for a couple weeks after. Like mm-hmm. I've heard like families having issues after that. Like it, it's dividing. Like living here during the Iron Bowl, like the whole, I mean, you've seen it. The state stops during mm-hmm. that like yeah. no one's moving. Like I, I've had my friendships tested. Kick six. I was in Auburn at my buddy's apartment, and like mm-hmm. it was the tension in there when they won. Like it's just it, it's just dividing. Like you just want to fight somebody when you lose. Like when you win, you want to like really get in their face. Exactly. Like, oh god, like 
All right, so you know you you watched a lot of Iron Bowls growing up. What was your favorite Iron Bowl? You think? I want to say uh, it had to be whenever we the first time I think we came off of that uh, off the six p uh, the first time we won. So I want to say that was oh. a thirty six to zero game. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, it was either that the, was that the thirty six to zero was that the um, that was thirty six zero. Yeah, the thirty six to zero game had to be my favorite one, just because of after six years of misery we finally like turned that corner and it was kind of like the building block to what kind of rebuilt the rivalry to what it is today. Like this isn't like Auburn running away with the dominant school. Like we're mm-hmm. back. And okay. then the next year was Roy Upchurch catching yeah. the, the pass. So mm-hmm. it's those two back to back have to be two of my most favorite watching it and like just favorite games in general. Yeah, that was, I remember watching both of those games, and th- you know I knew Alabama would win because back in 08, they were number one, and Auburn you know, was having a bad season and everything. Mm-hmm. But bro, I did not expect thirty six zero, and it was I wasn't even a Bama fan back then. But just watching that game, it just it just sat on Auburn for four quarters. I remember I was with I was actually I think I was in Phoenix watching that game, and I was watching with my brother. And we had the game on. My brother wanted to change the game because we're up, like we're gonna win. And he's like, you enjoy watching this? I was like, you got to understand what I have been through in the past. Like, we're going to watch the entire thing. We're going to celebrate after this. Like, mm-hmm. we're going to relive in this moment. Yes. We're finally back. Yeah. And that's why I can't stand some of these younger Bama fans where there's like, oh, winning's so boring. I don't, you know, I, I kind of wish we had a close game. But I hate that shit. You know, those, you know who I'm talking about, people that come from California or Connecticut year, or whatever. <laughs> last year. Oh my, I hated seeing the tweets like, oh, I, I, we just blow people out. Like, it's not fun. I wish we had closer games. Like, that's why students don't come to the game. Like, it, they don't really make them like us anymore. We're like, no. we used to fight for those tickets. Yes. We used to see the entire game. Like, no matter if it was a blow, if we're a blowout, we're probably laughing in the crowd. Like, all right, let's make our plans here since we're all here. Where are we hitting exactly. tonight? But like, we're still engaged in the game just because we're, we, I think we're more in tune with like the, the past of what we've been through mm-hmm. as a school, at least in kind of like those drought years, those years where we weren't as good. So like it kind of just everything kind of means more to us because we understand where we've come from. Whereas the new fans, they just came down here because it was trendy and right. we're winning. So, you know, they can tell their friends, oh, we're a national championship in school. So. I, I remember I first became a Bama fan my junior year in high school um, because okay. that's pretty much when I knew elsewhere I was going to go to college. And, you know, at that point in time, Alabama, you know, people won't believe this. Alabama had only won three in a row against Tennessee. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. it was. <laughs> and, and, you know, they had only won, you know, the 08 no 09 Iron Bowl. You know, it was there were still two and six or whatever in the last eight Iron Bowls. So mm-hmm. it was so just having that perspective, just knowing not even wasn't even a Bama fan back during the hard times, but just like knowing about what they went through back then. It it means more. So it's like, yeah, I don't care if we're up like we all missed what 66 to 3 that one year. Yeah. And yeah, that was, stayed that whole game. You know, that was his <laughs> one. Exactly. Because there was a time when you know Eli Manning was tuning up Alabama and we couldn't do anything about it. So I'm I'm enjoying this one. Exactly. And then just growing up just like I don't know, something about just growing up and like loving the team and like you know, one day I didn't grow up really going to a lot of Bama games. Uh, so, like, when I started, I want to say the year before I went to Bama was actually the first time I went to a game. Mm-hmm. So, like, actually, like, now being able to go to Bama games and getting the tickets for cheap and everything like that, like, it kind of made it that much more like I want to take full advantage of the four years that I'm going to be able to get to do this. Yeah. I want to sing Dixieland to, like, 
and and yell F Auburn and F LSU and all that. Like I want to stay to the end and sing yellow uh, Rammer Jammer. Like I want to do all those things. Mm-hmm. Whereas now it's like, eh, we're up sixty. Like like out for example, I'll tell you this story. When I moved down here, there was a bar called uh, Duffy's that was in uh, Coconut Grove. Okay. Now, all Bama games there. They had a great two for one mm-hmm. uh, special all the time where you buy one drink, you know, you get, you know, two for one. Two yeah. for, so um, I'd go there, get the two for one. I'd be watching the game. I want to say the Vanderbilt game was that year oh, where uh, yeah. was talking smack and we put almost like 70 on him or whatever. And the guy, the bartender comes up to me and I'm still ordering drink strong. Like I'm still very invested in the game. Yeah. And the bartender comes up to me. He's like, you enjoy this? And I'm like, yeah, I wish that we hang 80. Like, I'm kind of mad right now. <laughs> <laughs> we could have. That's the thing. We punted like four times that game. You know, we had one turnover. I think it's like, yeah, that's that's the mentality. We want to step on throats. That's, mm-hmm. that's what we always do. We took a knee on the goal line. It was 59 0. I was like, Nick, come on. <laughs> <Mac."> <laughs> come on, bro. Uh, we got to. I, I don't even know if we covered the spread yet. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was mad. I'm like, come on, Nick, run it in. Run it. Don't be nice. Run it in. <laughs> All right, so you know, I, I've kind of wanted to, you know, ask you this for a while. And by the way, before we go, I have no idea how you know we never ran into each other in Tuscaloosa. That blows my mind. I do not get it because we ran in the same circles, all that. But whatever. We, I, I just need to know what is your perfect game day look like? Like you wake up wherever you do Saturday morning, and what is your perfect game day in Tuscaloosa look like? Talking about the whole routine. Yeah, whole routine. Just let's hear it. So. I think the routine I always tell everybody starts on Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was in school, you know, I'd get up, you know, as soon as I get out of school, if I don't have to work that day, uh, me and my boys, we would actually be funny. We'd either go to Innisfree, of course, you mm-hmm. know, get some food, get some happy hour drinks, or what we usually do would get some margaritas. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we enjoy some margaritas. We knew a place that gave like a picture of margaritas. So like where we um, it was right beside the loft. I forgot what it was called. Oh, I think it was Margarita's Grill. I think so. Yeah. I think <laughs> we'd get a picture of those bad boys mm-hmm. and get like one or two, like chill. We'd go home, like change, go out, hit Innisfree until like 12, 1 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Boom, boom, room and rounders opens. We're mm-hmm. heading over there. And then you wake up, you're kind of a little hungover, but like the game, it's game day. So you're like, you really want to get on the quad. Mm-hmm. I have to put on my lucky polo that I have. Uh, of course, some, if it's hot, put on some shorts. If it's not, some jeans. Yeah. Uh, get on the quad, walk around, get me a yellow hammer, get some drinks, play some beer pong on the quad, get some good food. Uh, if it's a special game, like, uh, for example, Florida, you have to get you some gators somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and then go in around 30 minutes before the game. Watch. Ooh, uh, you got, oh, yeah. You, you got it close. <laughs> Cut it close? No, I used 30 to. Minutes. 30 minutes? That 30 is close, man. <laughs> that's when everyone starts heading over there, but you got to know somebody in line so you can skip and get a good uh, seat. That's what, okay. There's, there's yeah. people that are in there, like kind of holding your seats for you. Mm-hmm. So like we'd go in 30 minutes before we do all the videos, the boom video, the, and then we're in there for a thunderstruck when they're running out on the field and everything like that. And then of course, watch the whole game. And then not if we win, when we win, yes. I'll celebrate an industry the rest of the night. <laughs> <laughs> Man, what is your what is your go to order at Ennis? I, I think I have an idea, but your go to order at Ennis. So you know, I, I choose chaos every day. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I choose violence. So I actually I do a um, 
just a, a regular tequila and Sprite. You know, I got to keep it, keep <laughs> yeah. it tequila and Sprite. Every now and then, you know, we'll dip into Hennessy because they have like one Hennessy bottle that no one orders from. Yep. Then every now and then we'll do uh, <laughs> we'll do USA shots, but we'll replace the tequila in the USA shot with the Rumple Mint just to really turn it up for the night. Golly, you oh, but <laughs> 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 you really are choosing violence out here. That is... <laughs> I can't do that anymore. Like I think I attempted uh-huh. to, and like I was dying the next day. I was like, no more, no more Rumple Mint for me. I can't drink like that anymore. Just give me my tequila and sprites. Like that's water, and I living in Miami. Yeah, we're good. Okay, good. good. <laughs> Perfect. Just, yeah. I, I feel like, you know, when it talk about going out like I did when I was younger, I can do it. I just need a lot more water in between. Perfect. It's yep. like, look, bro, if I, look, I can, I might be able to pull off five to six shots tonight, but I'm going to need like three or four bottles of water in between. Water, and, food. I got to like bro. prepare for it. Exactly. It's a whole pro. You can't just wake up and start ripping. You got to, it's a, it's a process, you know? And I think that. <laughs> And I've learned like back then I could go like back to back in days or even go like Thursday to Sunday, like just going at it. Mm. I can't do, I can't put together a back to back anymore. Like I have to have one good night of drinking. And then the other nights I'm just like, all right, I'm done. Like I'm, I'm on the couch. Okay, I, I got to pick whatever night is the night. That's the night. And like, what I, you, you got me tonight. You do not have me for the next 72 hours minimum. Exactly. Like I'm all, I think I tried to do it like recently, and I'm just on my couch, just like I can't move. No, nah, I can't do anything. Nah, like people not, are trying to call me about stuff. I'm like, I'm not getting off my couch today. Like, not, I'm in. Not even hungover, bro. Just t- just your your bones, bro. It just it just can't it do it. <laughs> all right, before we let you go, I do need a prediction for the game this weekend. Ah, so, you know, I'm going to steal from uh, my boy Marlon. Analyst Siku here reporting. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a beautiful day, a nice uh, nice fall day in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Mm. The tide keeps it rolling. Bo Nix keeps his nickname Bo Picks. Yeah. I think he throws about yeah. two or three of those bad boys. Uh, I think we keep it uh, kind of close and conservative. I'm probably predicting another um, – uh, we have Pete Golding as our defensive coordinator, so mm-hmm. it's going to be something like 36 to 10, maybe. Maybe we put up 42 if we're, like, really rolling. Mm-hmm. 42-17, 36 I think is what we're going to do. Okay. that's uh, I'll take that prediction. So you say? So you think we cover? Is what you're oh, saying. yeah. For sure. 100%. All right. Good to know. Good to know. Uh, folks, that was JC Siku, um, one of – you know, the funniest people um, you will ever find on social media. Follow him at Siku Laflame on, yes, on Twitter. Uh, appreciate y'all listening. Uh, thanks for listening to all three parts of uh, Brian and Colonial this week, and we'll talk to you soon. See ya. See ya. Thank y'all.